everybody, Dan, Binder Boneyard, coming at you from my bedroom again. I uh, decided to stay home this weekend, do a little bit of uh, short-term quarantining. Um, just uh, needed a break and this week's been kind of rough, um, just getting everything situated and sorted out at the shop. Um, you know, everything is changing. Uh, we got plenty of work, but the income streams just not quite the uh, same as it was so we're trying to adjust on the fly and, and make do with what we have um, so yeah if you guys need any parts uh, make sure you hit the eBay store I have been uploading parts there pretty regularly so um, or just feel free to reach out and you know I might have what you need so um, Today's podcast is going to be about D-series rigs, um, trucks, travel alls, wagon masters, travelettes, the whole, the whole menagerie. So, um, you know, we're going to jump right into, jump right into that and uh, we'll see, you know, hopefully cover everything. Um, I know I always miss stuff and you know, there's always some anomaly or exception to the rule. Um, you know, there's international did a lot of things that people claim or, you know, factory or not factory or whatever. And, um, you know, so just trying to, um, uh, you know, give a general overview of, of the model run, you know, and so D series would be, 69 to 75 uh, and then of course you get the weird overlaps where some guys have you know c-series travel alls or trucks that were made in 68 but you know didn't get sold until 69 and so they're titled as 69s and everyone you know loses their shit about what is what so um this is going to be about 69 to 75s which are a lot of people will refer to as square bodies when you're talking about internationals, uh, not to be confused with square body Chevys. Um, that's a whole different animal. So anyway, um, I kind of, I consider myself to be more of a, of a full size aficionado than I am a scout lover. I mean, I, I love them all. Uh, but, my favorites are the trucks and travel alls. Um, so I, uh, I don't know. I just spent a lot of time working on them and with them. I, um, the thing about the internationals was that by the seventies, they were building the trucks to be like a second car for a family or even a first car. You know, if you spend any time in a, tr in a travel all, uh, D series travel all you'll notice how um, station wagon like they are uh, you know they're super roomy very utility focused but also very comfortable um, driven several travel alls uh, a long ways and you know they're they're nice um, you know, Josie and I took big Connie which is a 73 uh, 1010 
uh, half ton four wheel drive, 392 automatic, uh, drove it all the way to Montana and back. Um, and it was comfortable. It was quiet. It was a nice drive. It was really, um, you know, it was really nice. You tell by the seventies that international had redirected their, um, I don't know, but it focused more on, on the second family type thing, uh, second car type thing. So, um, they definitely got a lot more comfortable in the, the D model. Uh, so start at the bottom, you know, 69 first year, they had different marker lights. Uh, they shared the same style marker lights with the, um, scout 800, uh, a and B's the rectangle me rectangle marker lights. Uh, the grills had that single bar in the middle. Um, that said international and then a big open space all around it. Um, you know, this was the first year that the air conditioning system was integrated in the HVAC instead of just scabbed on underneath the dash, like the C series were, um, you know, just updates, bigger brakes, um, just everything kind of cleaned up you know i mean i'm currently driving a 64 travelette and i jump in my black truck which is a 71 travelette and it's like a whole different world um you know just everything is is just different and um so so they definitely made a big jump in the comfort range uh you know when they went into that the d model um so you know, just a lot of different uh interior options and colors and and you know the the center console bucket setup if you had to travel all uh which you could also get in a pickup if you special ordered um i had a 71 uh 1210 that had that low back bucket with the center console setup it was ordered from the factory that way um so you know again like i said with international there was just stuff was all over the place. Uh, you know, the five speed transmission was still available. I've had several D series come in with five speeds. Um, you know, then you had your, your basic V eight models, 304 to 392. Um, some aftermarket retrofitters were putting in Perkins 354s and, uh, uh, there's some Detroit conversions out there that I've seen that were, you know, people are calling them dealer installed, but what they were was, you know, they'd show up at international and then they would get driven across the street or down the road to the, whoever's doing the conversion and then, then sold again on the lot like that. Um, so seeing a few of those, um, but no, just a, just a, you know, an updated version of, of everything, but the frames, were very similar to the C series. Uh, they, there's a few more holes, a few other holes removed. Um, but you know, the, the overall shape of the frame is still really similar. Um, strengthening in some areas, the cross members are stronger, uh, over the C series stuff. Um, you know, just, just upgrades, but, uh, still really similar. Um, and so 
you know, 69 and 70 were both kind of the same. Um, late 70, they started a changeover um, to the Scout 2 style uh, square markers. Because um, my 71 was actually made in late 70, and it has square markers instead of the uh, uh, long rectangle ones. It also had the egg crate style grill, uh, which would become a 71 thing, and only for 71. Um, it's the plastic insert uh, with the little international badge down low on the right hand side, um, like the uh, 800Bs or 800As would have, I guess. Um, you know, again, they were sharing marker lights, uh, turn signal lights and stuff with the upcoming Scout, because Scout 2s came out midway through 71. So um, even the the square marker lights on my late 70 or you know 71, they're not held on the same way that the 72 to you know 77s are. They they have they had this crazy bracket with four screws in it that held the marker light to the fender uh, instead of like the 74, 73s and up had a single little tab that hooked behind the fender. And then the marker light itself was kind of like captured by that tab. Um, so it's just a, a strange change over there in, in late 70, um, the, the egg crate grill, the dash changed a little bit. The, the HVAC controls um, on the 69s, they actually had like an orange and blue section of the dat of the hvac controller for the ac and whatnot uh and then by late 70 they changed um to uh, all the same style dash it just had a, a little spot that said ac on it um so you know just subtle changes those years 72 uh you saw the change in grills again to the you know finned bunch of horizontal bars with a split in the middle um the dash changed the so the earlier trucks did not have um lighted control knobs the, the only thing on the dash that lit up was the gauges the radio uh and then the um uh i guess that was it <laughs> i'm trying to think now um and then 72 they changed to be like the scouts with the little um, plastic inserts that went above each of the control knobs um and then that you know so then the the actual you knew what knob you were turning in the dark because that's the thing and you know if you don't know your rig by heart and you're driving in the dark and you're trying to turn on the lights or run the wipers or fiddle with the choke or whatever it uh you couldn't see what you were doing um so so by 72 the dashes were all lit up now the heater control was lit all that stuff um there was this, a little subtle change in the way the ac vents came out on the dash um but the dash pad changed uh, a few things like that um they updated the brakes again, uh, the two wheel drive stuff. You were seeing a lot of the 1010s, which is the torsion bar independent front end. Uh, that got a few more updates, uh, load capacity change. Um, 
70 so late 71 into 72 you saw some models uh, the johnny reb model which is a kind of a confederate package it had like stripes and stars on the hood and a little cartoon rebel on the fender and that kind of shit uh you saw the 727 automatic came in to replace the borg warner automatic um i had uh several borg warners in several trucks and i thought they were fine i've pulled a lot of weight and done a lot of stupid shit with my trucks with the borg warners and they all seem to hold up fine um but you know that being said the 727 that came in in 72 um or standard in 72 i should say uh was just a, a more common um you know they've been around in the chrysler stuff i have a 65 sport fury with one and that thing bangs through the gears and holds you know my sport fury is a 383 commando car so it's you know over 300 horse supposedly and you know that 727 holds up fine uh so uh, I can see why the, the upgrade to that 727 and then, you know, they put it in the scouts and everything else. So it was just, uh, it just made sense as a business, a business, uh, move, but you know, and it's a, it's a pretty robust transmission as well. So, um, what else? Just some styling changes, interior colors, the trim change, the, the packages change. You got the wood grain paneling on the, on the truck that was more um you know station wagon like uh people were starting to figure out and international was starting to figure out that people loved towing with their travel walls uh you could haul the whole family and a big ass camper <laughs> and so you know they were starting to outfit these things for more um more towing and and adventure type stuff so heavy duty tow packages and air shocks and updated brakes and um you know increased cooling systems and additional transmission coolers and, and again the five speed was still available uh in various ratios uh, direct and overdrive um that being said i would love have to have had a direct drive five speed uh travel all with like 354 gears um i think that's pretty tall highway gear but you know um just the splits are really nice on a direct five and uh, that would be a t36 or a t35 if you were going by the book um so that, that would be my my favorite everyone's always clamoring for the overdrive five speed but um I've driven them. They have a crazy shift pattern. They're really hard to, they're not a great towing transmission. Uh, the overdrive isn't even that deep. It's like 0.85 or something like that, or 0.83. So it's not a super deep overdrive and you got a terrible third to fourth split. Um, so I really encourage people to not go that route unless they're building a two-wheel drive highway flyer you know half ton 10 10 that they just want to get you know the most mileage out of or something like then okay go that route and just be prepared for crazy 
shift pattern. But um, if you're going to use your D series or any of them, really, I, I like that direct five with a tall axle gear, uh, just because 354s and international with 31 inch tires can still net you decent mileage. Uh, you can do 70, nah, 65 on the highway um, without screaming. Like I can do 65 right now with my 304, uh, you know, and 410 gears, but that's that's where I, I draw the line. Like you can tell it's really working um, to, to run that RPM. So, so that 354s, um, would and then having a five speed can can give you a lot more options as far as uh what gear you need to be in for the terrain and whatnot so again if i was going to build something like that i would i would probably go that route instead of the overdrive um i've got an nv 4500 in one of my dodges and i don't like how it splits either um people always tell you you know oh you just need to rev it out farther in third gear before you go to fourth and it just stuff like that i just feel like it's not um set up quite right the the direct five seem to have such a you, it always seems like you're in the right gear for whatever you're doing it's in the right rpm range and the right gear uh at least in a in a light truck um you know it might be different if you're driving a lodestar or something like that or some heavy truck or you're you know, got a different circumstance, but just for general use, Joe around town, you know, weekend towing, that kind of stuff. The direct five was always, always my favorite. Um, so we jump up to 73 has the same basic interior as the 72. Uh, other notable updates are the AMC engines that were available late 70 or in the 73 and four, um, you know, you had the 258s and the pickups. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a 258 in a travel all. Um, I've seen plenty of travel alls with the 401s, which International called the 400. Uh, so, and then the, the 258 six cylinder they referred to as the Power Thrift Six, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so, you know, there's rumors that they did it to take up for an engine um, shortfall that they had that year. Uh, I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate. There might be some truth to that. But I know the fuel crunch of 73 um, created a problem as well. And those six cylinders were supposed to be pretty economical. And I've had a few, and they, they are. They're generally, you know, the 258 power 1010 that I had uh we were averaging 16 with it um but yeah it just um i don't know they 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 did what they had to do uh the other super notable thing about 73 was the wagon master the wagon master was everyone's favorite pet project uh supposedly it was designed by guys on the line to haul fifth wheels like so you could use a it's built off of a travel all chassis it's essentially a travel all with the back cut out uh, and then the bulkhead move forward so it's like a crew cab with a super short bed um you know aka chevy avalanche of today um somebody didn't do the math very well though and you try and pull a fifth wheel 
or gooseneck trailer with a wagon master and it would run into the back of the cab. So the mount had to be moved back of the axle, which defeats the whole purpose of a fifth wheel or gooseneck. And it made for funny handling and not great towing. Um, I've, I've owned a couple of wagon masters over the years and honestly, um, I like travelettes more, um, you know, having that super short bed and the funky travel all tailgate, travel all taillights. It just, I don't know. It, it, it's not, to me, it's not aesthetically pleasing and it's just a weird, a weird truck. Um, they were only in 73 and 74. Uh, there were only about 2000 of them made from my understanding. And, um, when you can get one, I mean, it's a cool novelty to have, but I just, for, I don't know, for daily use and, and driver, they're probably okay. You know, I, I really like having a travel wall, having the back enclosed and covered and, um, being able to haul stuff in there. Uh, because the nice thing about the travel wall, you fold the seat down and you can fit like four by eight sheet of plywood in the back of the travel wall. I hold, I hold 10 sheets of plywood from the hardware store the other week in Big Connie. Uh, you can't do that with a wagon master. Uh, it's, you're stuck with this little five foot bed and it's just, I don't know. It's not the same. Um, so I'd much rather have a travel wall or a travelette, um, you know, cause it's just got the pickup bed on it and you can have racks and you can do whatever. Um, you know, I, I curse my short bed travel at semi-regularly. Uh, it, it hauls most of what I need and I've got some, some racks built so I can haul steel and things on, on it. But, uh, you know, there's plenty of times, uh, an eight foot bed would be nice, but I've had eight foot bed travelettes and they are a pain to drive in any kind of urban setting. You try to park it. They just don't turn very sharp, especially the four wheel drive ones. They just don't turn. Um, wheelbase is gigantic and, and it's just, it's a lot of work having one of those. So the short box travelette is kind of the, the, best of all the worlds in my opinion um but anyway so speaking of the 73 to 4 change uh 74 brought on the new or body style um still square body still use the same fenders same bed uh the dash changed a little bit not much um they did away with like the choke hole in the dash because now all the chokes were automatic um that kind of stuff. The trucks had gold box ignitions now instead of um, points. The fuse panel changed a little bit. The travel alls had a category for anti-lock brakes. Uh, I've never seen a travel all with the anti-lock, but there's a space in the fuse panel for it now. Um, the grill and hood changed um, to a little bit more aggressive look. I do like the 74 and 5 grill hood arrangement. Uh, just kind of a, a little bit meaner looking uh, setup uh, for sure. The trucks got taller. Um, the stock leaf springs on a 74 and 5 have more arch than the previous 69 to 73. Um, again, I know that because I've owned several 74 and 5s and 
I've had to do springs on them and I go, Oh, I've got a 71 out back. I'll just steal it. And now the leaf arch is different, all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so there were, there were chassis changes. The frames got a different shape. So the 74 and fives are the only frames that are different, like too different to swap across. Um, they just had just all kinds of different stuff. The motors got uh, rear dump exhaust manifolds because of the side mount motor mount. They moved the motors back uh, a little bit to make them handle better. Uh, and they do 74, probably the best hauling uh, 70s truck I ever had was my 74 200 single cab long bed three-quarter ton four-wheel drive uh, 345 t19 close so it had a really nice gear ratio spacing um it was a 410 truck so it didn't get it didn't haul ass but uh you know i still was able to get 13 around 13 miles a gallon with an empty um but that truck towed great and if you go back deep into my social media you'll see pictures of of me hauling forklifts with it and stuff. It, it really did well. Um, <clears throat> I sold that truck and I wish I hadn't have just because of how nice it was and it had a great history too. I bought it from the original owner, had all this paperwork um, and I sold it to somebody that didn't really care and just wanted it for the financial gain of reselling it. So um, I, I'm you know, a little bit irritated in myself for doing that. But anyways, um, other, you know, my travelette right now being the 71 and the, you know, crew cab short bed, it's the best towing international I've ever owned. Uh, that thing drives great, tows amazing, really stable. Uh, you know, I've towed a lot of stuff with it and it's probably the best. Um, I've towed a lot with travel walls. They also tow pretty well. Um, not quite the same, um, but, but that 74 200 was really nice. And I, you know, I don't know if it was just a combination of the suspension and good shocks. And, you know, I had 10 ply Toyo tires and that kind of stuff. So, you know, cause I've heard other people say that theirs didn't tow very well, but you don't know what kind of trailer setup they had or what, you know, anything like that. So, um, I don't know. I just, uh, there's a lot of variables in how rigs tow and, and no one seems to tow the same. So, um, but yeah, the 74s and fives, you could definitely tell there was a difference in how they were set up. The shocks, um, they're like the rear shocks don't angle in at a 45, like the earlier ones do. They actually have kind of a kick. They kick one, one kicks back and one kicks forward. Uh, that's supposed to help with axle wrap and handling. Um, you know, just, just stuff like that uh, that made it a little bit different. Again, in that model, there were some interior color changes and, and updates. Uh, you know, you could still get like the PTO winch add-on and multiple tanks and that kind of thing. Um, and so then they finally quit making the full sizes in, uh, you know, late, about April 75, late April, uh, they stopped making them. So, you know, the 75s got sold all the way through the year of 75. You know, they just got rid of what stock they had left. Um, so 
Yeah, you know, if you find one that's got a bunch of options and it's a 75, it had to have been ordered late 74, early 75, because the International knew the line was coming to an end. Um, they just, you know, trying to use up what they had, I believe. So, um, what else is there to note? Yeah, the Wagon Master was the biggest, I don't know, an oddity of them all. I love the travel alls. I just do. They're just so much stuff about them. They're also a lot harder to work on, in my opinion, than the Scouts. Like the HVAC systems on a travel all are really, for the 70s, were, were overly complicated with all their vacuum lines and vacuum uh, uh, solenoids and stuff that run all the heater boxes and flappers inside the HVAC. HVAC and it just, there was a lot going on. Um, they still hadn't learned their lesson on rust. Uh, the D-Series like to rust real bad above the windshield. There's there's zero paint got applied in there. I've taken several apart and there's not a lick of paint or primer on those headers in there. Um, you know, they, they rust down at the lower corners of the windshield uh, because the way the pillars are designed, they trap water in there. Um, floor pans, cab corners, uh, you know, pretty much the usual suspects uh, with pretty much every pickup across the board. Chevy's Ford, they all did it. They all, all the cab corners rusted and the floor pans rusted and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, oh, the stake pockets. For some reason, the D-Series is trapped stuff in the stake pockets and then they would rust out from the bottom. Um, tailgates would rust out at the bottom. So they still, International didn't learn their rust lesson when they were designing these things. Um, so what other bass? Oh, inner fenders like to rust uh, where the hood mounts. There's a, I think Super Scout sells a patch panel for that. Um, yeah, the hoods will rust at around the mounting points. Uh, and then at the lip, the leading edge of the hood will rust. Um, so, yeah, you know, just uh, the usual stuff for international, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, um, hopefully that is a good, you know, uh, primer on the uh, on the international, the D series. I'll probably do one on C series here pretty soon, um, and uh, some other models too. But anyway. Um, Hopefully that was informative and you guys learned something. And uh, if you enjoy it, don't forget, I do have a Patreon account. You can donate to um, or, you know, subscribe and face on uh, YouTube the videos that we have and that sort of stuff. But uh, anyways, thank you again for uh, listening and following and, and tell your friends. Until uh, next time, I'm Dan from Binder Boneyard. <laughs>